0: Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Promising Practices for Promoting Flu Vaccinations for Duly Eligible Beneficiaries During COVID-19. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on October 13, 2020. In this podcast, Laura Maynard, Managing Consultant at the Lewin Group, facilitates a panel discussion with Dionis de Cárdenas plan lead and executive director at first choice vip care plus and brad lucas chief medical officer at buckeye health plan during this discussion panelists offer strategies and promising practices for promoting flu vaccinations for duly eligible beneficiaries during COVID 19.
1: we'll go into our panel discussion and begin with a question that I'm going to pose to both of you, but I'm going to ask Brad if you'll answer this one first. How has your messaging and approach around flu vaccination changed in light of COVID-19?
2: Thank you. The the messaging is is similar as as the typical flu years, but the the COVID-19 pandemic Really has provided a unique opportunity for messaging around public health, as well as reminding about the availability of, of existing flu vaccination. So, members are more aware now that their individual decisions have an impact on community safety, and the vaccinations are an effective way to protect themselves and others in the community.
1: Thank you. And Denise, what would you add to
3: that as far as your perspective there from First Choice VIP Care Plus? So, as I mentioned earlier, most – well, not most, all of our members are the 65 and older population. And we know that that population has a disproportionate risk for COVID-19 and the flu. And even without COVID-19, this population is greater at risk for complications should they contract the flu because they risk pneumonia and hospitalization. Adding to that, they can also have chronic conditions, diabetes, hypertension, so promoting the flu vaccinations early and often becomes more critical, especially now. So given COVID-19, it was crucial to educate our members that flu vaccinations will reduce the risk of flu-related hospitalizations, and that will in turn reduce the risk for developing COVID-19 in a hospital environment. We let our members know also that a flu vaccination is a step towards reducing the risk of becoming very ill. Uh, Again, I I mentioned earlier, we did new this year, uh, an incentive monetary gift card to help folks uh, get uh, get to get their flu shot. And then in prior years, our messaging on flu shot postcards, we mentioned multiple preventive health measures, including annual exams, but messaging this year was solely focused on the flu vaccination. Uh, we also worked on reinforcing our messaging with care coordinators in order to prepare them for questions that members might have related to the flu, uh, including questions around the safety of getting a flu vaccination during the COVID uh, pandemic uh, and also myths around that. You know, understandably, questions from members are more prevalent this year than in previous years. Uh, we've listened to that feedback uh, and also reinforced our messaging related to that. Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: Okay. For our next question, uh, we want to know how you all have partnered with organizations and providers in your community to offer alternative locations for flu vaccinations. So Brad, we'll call on you first.
2: Oh, Thank you. Uh, Yeah, really utilizing clinics and and local pharmacies, uh, Walgreens, CVS, uh, independent physicians, to to get that flu vaccine delivery. Uh, Like I described earlier, uh, in local farmers markets, uh, getting flu shots to individuals there. And then uh, CVS has been employing outgoing messages to our members to remind them to get their flu shot, such as calls, texts, and MTM types of messaging. Uh, And working with providers to bring the vaccine to older adults in, in assisted living and retirement communities, in order to provide health education at the same time as the vaccination.
1: That's a great approach to to be able to do that education at the same time as the vaccination would be very helpful. Thank you. And Dionise, would you answer this one? How have you partnered with organizations and providers in your community to offer alternative locations for these vaccinations?
3: Uh, so before I get into the, into the provider piece, I just you know I want to mention that uh, CMS has been an important partner in this effort also. Uh, this year they reached out to us and uh, with their help they sent out uh, flu vaccination postcards to all of our members. And I really think that that is important because it's not, it's not only just us telling members about the flu and the importance of it, but they're getting this messaging from very reputable sources. They're hearing it from CDC. They're hearing it from CMS. They're hearing it from their providers. Uh, we help members get a flu shot from a provider of their choice. Although we've had some members who are concerned about leaving their home, uh, they're concerned about getting COVID uh, in provider offices, you know. And so, given COVID had drive-throughs uh, to get testing done, we thought, why not have a drive-through flu event uh, so that members who are concerned, maybe about stepping foot in a provider office, we can direct them to those specific spots. So we've been doing that. And we've also partnered uh, with a major hospital in that effort as well in some of our target counties. Uh, but you know we just we just want to try to emphasize the the fact that you know just because is happening if somebody's concerned, there's a way for, for us to get get them to that flu shot. Also our primary care providers, Home and Community Based Service Providers, and our community long-term care waiver partners, they're also assisting in promoting flu vaccinations uh, using their own messaging. Thank you. Thank you. Our
1: next question goes back to something that both of you mentioned in your presentations. This will be a chance to dig in a little deeper on that and and share a little more about it. But this is what strategies may have been successful in dispelling myths about flu vaccinations. So, Brad, could you speak first?
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you. We, too, developed a toolkit for providers to to assist them in in dispelling myths, including a flu versus a COVID-19 fact sheet. Uh, We have member-facing materials, uh, additional resources for the members. Uh, I I feel like saying some of these things over and over, and and COVID has allowed us uh, maybe a a little bit of a different platform to to really stress things. and hope that 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 it it maybe makes m- more sense this year than ever before.
1: Thank you. And Denise, how about you all? How have what strategies have you found to be successful in dispelling myths about flu vaccination?
3: So you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know. Our population is an older population, and we needed to understand why they might be hesitant in getting the flu shot. So we asked our members at our member advisory committee, we heard such feedback like, you know, the shot will give me the flu, or I do not need to get one every year. Um, and, and we dispel those myths because, you know, the CDC gives some helpful information on this. The fact is a flu shot can't give you the flu because it's made either with flu viruses that are not active or no flu, with no flu viruses at all. Uh, you know, also about not getting one every year, you know, the fact there is that the immune system protection from the flu shot gets lower over time. So a yearly flu shot gives the best protection against the flu. But despite all that, folks still have strong core beliefs. You know, we've we've received this year some heartfelt thank you notes for offering uh, the incentive to get the flu shot. Uh, We also, interestingly, got a note uh, thanking us for that as well. But uh, you know, also saying they would trust and pray they would stay well. So it's really important to, you know, respect people's beliefs, but to continue to provide them the education that's available out there uh, and, and just to keep reinforcing that. We want to make sure that we take that input from our MAC uh, member advisory committee because that helps enhance our cultural competence in developing the messaging about the flu vaccine. Uh, I think we all have you know, certain thoughts about it, and we want to make sure that we're hearing those thoughts from our member population. Uh, we also educate our care team on, on the responses to these common myths, so they, they too are prepared when they get member questions related to that. And uh, I just want to stress also, you know, care coordinators, they're encouraged to listen and respect the concerns of our members, including when they have religious-based hesitations and anti-vaccination beliefs, uh, and it just reinforce that education. Thank you. Thanks for sharing
1: that. And we want to, before we ask our next questions of our panelists, we want to turn the tables a little bit and ask our attendees to begin typing into the Q&A box what strategies you may have found to be successful in dispelling myths about flu vaccinations. Uh, That would be great if you could just type that in. It would be very, very helpful. Uh, What have you found to be helpful? in getting past these myths about flu vaccinations? And also, what have you found to be helpful to promote flu vaccinations? What strategies are you using now uh, to promote flu vaccination among your duly eligible uh, members uh, during this year's flu season? So just start typing some of those into the Q&A and we will come back and read some of those out once you've typed them in. Our next question for our panelists is specifically for Denise. Uh, what's the role of your flu vaccination committee and how does it help you with preparation for flu season?
3: so so this year we uh, our committee is, is really a subgroup or work group of our leadership team uh, and that's led by our chief medical officer. Uh, this, we included this year probably more folks uh, than usual, but we included uh, from all our lines of business uh, for Medicare, our quality team, medical management, uh, our long-term services and supports, uh, and other, other various leaders to provide feedback into this work group uh, to, to evaluate how we did in prior flu season activities, evaluate the current uh, temperature, especially with the pandemic, uh, and we applied lessons learned in planning for the upcoming season. Uh, we gathered input on different messaging modalities, how should we do it, uh, you know, should we, should we use a postcard, should we do a letter, should we do phone calls, and we decided to do all of them. I think, you know, in prior years where we might have, you know, done a postcard or, you know, a, a newsletter, this year we really went at it from every angle we could possibly think of just to make sure that members got this messaging. Uh, we even received feedback that they appreciated getting all of that, that, that was that was good education that they got. We also reviewed information from the CDC. Uh, Our chief medical officer was really great in providing us the latest and journal updates. Uh, We also discussed the timing for implementation. uh, And then we relayed all of this messaging back to our associates to interact with our members. Thank
1: you. Thanks for sharing that. And then our final panel question is for Brad how do you customize your messaging on flu vaccinations for different member groups?
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, if you think about the, the high risk members and, and those that we, we focus more on uh, to pregnant women, uh, children uh, below age five, above age six months, adults over 65 and individuals with chronic conditions. Uh, at this point now, kind of like DNA uh, described pretty much any Thing that we're developing in any um, avenue or method of communication we are mentioning influenza vaccine it, it doesn't go it doesn't go untouched. there's every opportunity we take.
0: Thank you for listening. this podcast is presented by the Lewin group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.